Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is 819 on the Mike Calvin Show. It's 1025 The Ball. Take a listen to this song. This is Joey D's Peppermint Twist. Do you get sick of hearing this, or are you like, uh, it's, like you're, it's like seeing your baby every time? Money in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding? We'll give you five bucks after the show. For playing part of oh, I'll take it. Uh, Joey D, the uh, singer of that song, is in the studio with us right now. Uh, I've known Mr. D for a long time because I'm friends with his uh, son, Ronnie. And uh, you have, since I, for the very first time I met you, you have not stopped. I have never seen you on a down. I've never seen you say, ah, I'm old now. I'm just going to chill out. You always look good. You're always moving. You're always performing. You don't ever get sick of it? No, Michael. It's what I've been doing. Yeah. This is what I do. Well, I mean, that's. I just figure at one point I'm going to go, ah, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I promised gonna... myself, Mike, I said, the next time I go up on the stage and I'm not having fun, right. I'll know it's over. That that's the key. That's the key. That's why And I'm done. A lot of times if I see guys like uh, wrestlers or baseball players, I go, when are you going to? They say, when I feel like I don't, it's not fun anymore, I won't do it anymore. Or they can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Some of them stay longer than they should have. Then they should. Always stay their welcome, man. Uh, Joey's got a new book out called Joey D's uh, The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. Now, when you get a big song like that and uh, and you're known for that one song, does it hurt you with the other songs, writing new material and all that? People just want to hear the one song. No, people want to hear the other songs. Yeah. I had a couple real – I had Shout, the only top ten version of Shout. Oh, the really? Actually, brothers, as far as I'm concerned, did the definitive version. Right. I mean, that's the best version. Yeah. Not Otis Day in the Night. Right. Not Joey D in the Starlight. Isley Brothers. And I did a lot of gigs with them, so it was a contest, man. It's, it's, yeah. you know, I'm amazed when I look at music from the 60s and even the 70s sometimes. You get a song that Elton John does, and he has a hit, he'll sing Rocket Man, and then a month later, Sinatra's got a version of Rocket Man, and then somebody, I'm like, hey, the, 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 how does that work? The record company just says, yeah, it's, it's, it's ours, go ahead and do your version of it, we'll get money for it. Exactly right. Yeah. It's up to the publishing company. So, and and the publishers say, allow it, yeah, anybody can sing it. More the merrier. Yeah. Well, let me, let's start at the very beginning. You're, uh, you're, how old are you when you get into the, uh, into the music business? When I got into the music business, I was about... 14. Now, at the time, is it a lot easier? Like now, it's impossible to get attention, it's impossible to get radio play, but back then, it seemed like that was an option, almost like being a fireman, where you can go, I'm going to be a musician. Very good point, Mikey. Back then, there must have been 100 independent recording studios in New York City. Right. And uh, I knew guys... Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx. I've been Bronx for a while. I'm a Jersey boy. Yeah. And eight miles from the Lincoln Tunnel. So you had access. You can go into a studio literally in the afternoon, like George Goldner, for instance. Uh-huh. Gone End Records, Little Anthony, the, you know, yeah. people like that. And if they liked what you did, 
you do a, a little quick rehearsal. Right. That night you'd be in the studio. We're playing it down. I knew it. Doing, yeah. making a record, man. Wow. And and uh, you so you have to. What's the best way you save up the money to go in there? You go. I got my eight hundred dollars or whatever it costs of time, and you go. We'd like to book some time and get in there and 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 lay it down. No, they they took care of all of. Oh, it. so they come to you and they go and they. If they like like the song, yeah, and like George Golden had great ears, man, and um, uh, little Anthony come in there, you know, tears on my pillow uh-huh. and stuff like that. Chantels come in, uh, maybe, and all those great songs, yeah, from the, from the early sixties uh, and late fifties, and they would re- literally record. The, that evening, yeah, and no money was put up, so they, they would take it. They didn't now, get paid. I would say, do they that, <laughs> now? Is that where? And this is one of the things in the book too that we'll talk about is, is that where a lot of these guys get ripped off because you have somebody come in, they think, oh, we're going to lay this down, we're going to be, uh, you know, superstars. They think, okay, we'll sign here and we'll do this today and we'll make you big. Well, meanwhile, they just signed away the rights to the song or the publishing rights and all that stuff. I e myself, yeah. When I, I was with Morris Levy. Stone cold, hard businessman connected to the Genovese family. Uh-huh. So uh, you hard to negotiate you with them all. <laughs> yeah, too often. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when when I wrote Peppermint Twist with Henry Glover, the A and R man for Roulette, uh, we wrote it on a Sunday afternoon, October nineteen sixty one, and the the song became a big hit. I went for my royalties. I get a statement. I owed him thirteen thousand. Oh, oh, oh wow! And I sold millions. Yeah, I had the number two album for the entire year of nineteen sixty-two to Elvis's yeah. Blue Hawaii. And you're in the hole at the end of the year. And I owed him thirteen grand. Wow! Wow! And here's what he he took me aside. You know, I think he respected me because my name ended in a vowel. Right, right, right. And I I knew some people you're too. You're different from Little Anthony, if you know what I'm there saying. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So. He had me, and he said, I get the record money. You're going to make your money on appearances. Tour, and yeah. he was exactly right. Yep. And here it is, 60 years later, man. I'm yeah. still doing still it. Still doing it. And, uh, okay, so you are so you go in there, and you do, is Peppermint Twist the first one, or was that the first hit? Like, what's the first one you lay down where everybody goes? Hey, first one I ever did, but what was on my dime, uh-huh. was called Lorraine, a song that I wrote about this chick that I knew. Uh-huh. And a uh, girl I walked to school, flip side. I sang background. Here's, here's where my business acumen came in. When I started the band, I had the number one band in New Jersey. Uh-huh. We backed up Connie Francis, Bobby Rydell, Frankie Avalon, everybody who had hits who came through Jersey. Right. Now, when it came time for me to put the group together, I said, you know, we can only play instrumentals, and I'm a very limited lead singer. Uh-huh. So I went out and got the two best lead singers from the two doo-wop groups. They couldn't get gigs because right. they didn't have a band. Right. So what I did, I amalgamated the group. I had Rogers Freeman and David Brigatti, who later became one of the, Eddie Brigatti's brother from one of the young ra- young rascals, rascals Hall yeah. of Famers. I put that group together. We'll get back to that. But uh, these guys made me the best group in the state of New Jersey. I had the two best lead singers, sure. in, except for 
You know, the only better singer maybe in the state of Jersey at the time was Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Doing anything. Yeah. Now, at the time when Sinatra was so, so big and he does that, did he not like uh, you guys, rock and rollers? No, he, wouldn't, he was not a rock and roller. Yeah, so he didn't need No, didn't, no, he didn't care You were below him in his, in his mind, much. right? Yeah. We're in the lower echelon. Right. Uh, uh, we're talking to Joey D. The new book is called The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. I, I have a bunch of notes here of things and stories in this book. Uh, I, 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 my knowledge of music from that time is the music business is Jersey Boys, it's the Ray Charles movie, and um, what's the other thing that I was why there were there were record oh, Johnny Cash where Johnny Cash what went about in. Green Book? Did well, you see Green, that? Yeah, we Green Book we were talking about yesterday on the show, and uh, I know that you have relations with Tony Lip as well. Tony Lip was a bouncer was of the Peppermint Lounge. The Pepper- now, what was the Peppermint Lounge? That was yours? No, I was just an employee. Uh-huh. Genovese owned that, too. Right. right. You owned that. You owned Roulette Records. And you and you go there to perform, uh, like, all the time? I, I worked there uh, for 13 months. My gig was from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. Wow. Set 40 on, 20 off. And it was cool. Yeah. It's it better than going to Berkeley, man. Is it like, yo, know, of course, you're going to learn things doing that exactly. in real time. It's always better to get your hands With on something. real live audience. Yeah. Now, now, um, ruin the romance of this for me, though. In my mind, all those old school Peppermint Lounge, Copacabana days, are they like you see in the movies now where everybody's dressed nice and every, you could tip your way to the front and they'll put a table out there for Hell you? Yeah. yeah, that's the way to go. Oh, huh? it was a real deal. Yeah. And it's a shame it changed. Yeah. And I, I was watching what was the, the was the Bobby Darren movie where it was like the Copa was it. If you can get in the Copa, that's where you wanted to be. Let me tell you a story about the Copa. Yeah. And Bobby Darren. Okay. Happened to be there. I go with my wife. I'm standing in line. Somebody recognized me, tells Jules Padel, who ran oh, the yeah, Copa. Right, yeah. Jules comes out personally, gets me and my wife under the arms, takes us in, puts the table on the dance floor, or on just the like in Goodfellas, just yeah. like in Goodfellas, yeah. exactly. And we sat there, no check. Oh, really? <laughs> no, not only no check. I'm sitting five feet from Bobby Darren, right, who's right. my idol, man. Performing, boy. you just they just put a table down for you. Cool. Who, who are you with? I was with my wife, Joan. Okay, plug it, plug your ears a second, Ronnie. Boy, she must have went crazy on you that night. You, you got a <laughs> oh, table man. put down on the floor. I mean, how is do you have a girl that cool, fall in love? That's the greatest thing ever. Do you impress people? That's like the greatest that? movie. I, I might have made out with now, you. Now, Dick. Now, two years later, I go back to the to the Copa. Mr. Podell, he's not available. Uh, <laughs> I was not anymore, man. Right. Oh, that's that's now, funny. Now, they, now, I finally do get in because I did have somewhat no, notoriety. Right. I'm sitting behind a pole. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't even yeah. see the stage from where I was, it's right? reality for it, you. It was a canard, man. It was a rumor. Right. <laughs> the whole show. That's so funny. It was just... And then, before... The show is over. They present me with a check. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you, you never paid last change, time. We get the last check, too. That's all in the book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so look, the book is called The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. And uh, we're going to get to some of the stories in this book and some of the pictures that I'm looking at right now that, Galvin, you're going to be blown away by. The, uh, Joey is doing a signing on Saturday at the Clearwater Record Shop, which is on Hercules and Clearwater. And you'll be out there signing the book, selling the book, and signing the book. Five. Yeah, stop by and you can see him and get an autographed copy of the book. 
look, uh, Galvin, I'm I'm looking at a picture. What what uh, year do you start playing with? Uh, where do you meet Jimi Hendrix? 1965. And this is before he's really uh, with nobody. Maurice yeah. James when I met him. Okay, and so my my drummer uh, uh, told me there was a guitar player. I was in the need of a guitar player. 1965. He says this dude just came off the road with the Isley Brothers and Little Richard. Uh-huh. I said, great credentials. Dude must be bad. Sure. Man. So here's the thing about them: they didn't like competition. So I said, well, bring him over to my house. I was living in Lodi, New Jersey uh-huh. at the time. So my nephew and Jimmy Mays, my drummer from Chicago, uh, go to New York, pick him up in this St. James flea bag roach-infested motel, hotel in right. the city, across the street from the Pepin Lounge on West 45th, bring him to Lodi. He comes with a guitar wrapped in a in a bag. He didn't even have a case, <laughs> no case for it. No case. The dude was not doing well, yeah. okay? So he comes in, he plugs into this little, it looked like a, what do you call them, pig nose amps? Yeah, yeah, a little mini amp, right? He had one of those, and he plugged in, and he said, what do you want me to play, Mr. D? I said, it's Joey. He said, uh, I can play anything you want to hear. I said, play what you like to play, What's what feels good to you. Right. So he started playing Curtis Mayfield. Uh-huh. I'm an R&B guy, man. When right. I heard that, I said, ah. That's, that's my guy. That's cool. This is 1965. Soon as I said you got the gig, he takes a joint out in my house. <laughs> now I got a five-year-old and a four-year-old upstairs. Yeah. And my wife is a Jersey girl from Hackensack, County. Right. Okay? Same girl that came to the Copa yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah. So she comes and says, what the yeah. do you think you're doing? And she used all the words. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the book, man. And... She kicked him out of the house. She says, get out of my house. I got young kids in here. You don't do that. He says, I was just celebrating. Says, you don't celebrate like that in my house. And she put him out. So as he's leaving, my my nephew John and, and Jimmy Mays taking him back to the city, I go to the door and yell out, you got the gig, man. I'll see you Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. For your and, wife. But there's some great stories about Hendrix in the book, man. You got to get. Your wife's going to tell everybody she can kick Hendrix out of the house of smoking a joint. That's the best story. That's cool. No, there's, there's some other yeah. stories in there. Now, I'm, why am I looking at a picture? Man. I have a picture of uh, Jimi Hendrix in drag. I have you on the drums, and I have four guys in women's clothing. One of them is Jimi Hendrix. What hey, is that from? That's from uh, uh, Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. And we were doing a gig there, and it was around Halloween. So they thought it'd be a goof to. They, they, we had dancing girls like the Copa, right? You know that preceded our yeah, our yeah. act. So the the chick said, "Yeah, you can wear our, our stuff." So they thought it'd be a hoot. They come out the, there and do that. Yeah, and it was fun, man. They had a great time. There is a chapter in the book called "Sex with Hendrix." Yeah, uh, you didn't have sex with Hendrix. Well, see, that's <laughs> X-rated, man. Yeah, <laughs> we had sex together, but, but with somebody together. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there was—I would imagine there was a lot of that on the road, huh? Girls were loving man, you. Yeah, he was a chick magnet. He was, and I wasn't too white bad girls. Either. White girls like him? all kinds. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. Well, it was the '60s. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. See, 
But you got to remember, I had an integrated band. So how hard was that for you? You had an integrated band in the 60s. This is something we were talking about with the, with Green Book yesterday. Because not only, I mean, in New York, you can, get away, you can get away with that. There were so many talented people. Obviously, you had Motown uh, in Detroit. But when you start going to the southern states, even later on, I mean, in the 70s. Let's talk about Jersey and New York first, yeah, okay? okay? There's just as much prejudice there, except it's it's more hidden. Right. You don't, they don't say if it's behind exactly. the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. But the mob guys, mob guys did not go for that. They did not. And they, they, when I'd come off stage, a lot of them came to the Peppermint Lounge, and some big, not so big. Um, they would come to me and say, you got to get rid of the N-word. Really? Yeah. He, and, and, and just like that. And I yeah. said. No, this is my people. This is, this is my band, man. Yeah. And here's how I judge it, man. I just, like, uh, I'll paraphrase Martin Luther King. Uh, judge you by your content of your character, right. your content of your talent. That was my thing. Yeah, you weren't. You were looking for workers. You were cared about. The I talent. want the great sound. Yeah, and I'm an R&B guy who you, could give it to could me. Give it to you better. better yeah, and and it was a rhythm section. My drummer, Willie Davis right. from Savannah, Georgia. Carlton Lattimore from Lake Butler, Florida. My keyboard player. I had a two-piece band, right. and I played alto. So, and, and it, but I had the two best singers in the world. When you explain that to them, are they like, eh, we like Joey, let him do what he's got to do? And they just let it, they just That's let it pass. That's what happened. Yeah. They, they gave me a pass. Yeah. And I think because, you know, I, my name ended in a bowl and I knew yeah. some people. Do you, do you realize now, looking back on it, like, like you were doing for the content of their talent, you, I mean, basically at the time, Obviously, you probably had some sort of knowledge of the social situation, but also you're looking out for yourself. You're like, this is my band. I want to sound good. I got the best guys. Hell yeah. But now you look back on it and realize that a guy in your position doing something like that is the way that uh, changes me. I was kind of a pioneer yeah. not knowing it. Right. But here's, here's what happened, Mikey. I said I wanted the best band, and I got the best band. We had a number one record, and I want to tell you the most I am proud of in my entire career is having an integrated band with the number one record on Billboard. Sure. Nobody else did that. Right. Nobody. Right. That preceded me. Yeah. In other words, Benny Goodman had an integrated band and stuff, but I had a rock and roll doo-wop band. He, Benny Goodman had 25 people in his orchestra. There's there a go. big difference. You're eventually yeah. going to stumble onto some other people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Three exactly. people in the band. But I had... I had my whole band. Right, right. You were the brothers. odd man out. They were yeah. all brothers, man. Uh, so how long uh, before Hendrix starts to become the Jimi Hendrix that we know? from One year. Oh, yeah. Exactly. One, 1965, we had a complete run. I used to pick him up at uh, Small's Paradise. Up, it became Wilt the Stilts up on uh, 125th Street. And half the time, he'd be late. But uh -huh. that was cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's how Price it goes. you got to pay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... I'd be I'd be uh, the only uh, Caucasian in the joint. Yeah, but they knew Which who is I that, was. It's weird because uh, your guys get the pass because uh, you were the Italian guy, and then when you're with him, you get the pass because you're with Hendrix. Exactly. Yeah. But here's here's what happened. I get my first request to do a Southern tour. Uh -huh. Now the agent down there is from Georgia. He said. Uh, you got to change a couple of members of the band. Right. I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, we're down south here. You got to change the the colors." Yeah. That, that's what they were colored, called back yeah. then. Colored. That was the phrase they used. And uh, I said, 
either you hire all of us or you hire none of us. Right. Simple as that. He said, no, I can't do it. I said, fine. And you wouldn't be willing to lose gigs. Fifteen grand a week. Wow. And that was a lot of money back sure. in 1962. So willing to lose gigs. No, I didn't look at it like that. Right. I was doing what we call the right thing. Right. Okay, and that was the right thing. I mean, not too many people would do we that. We the wars together, Losing man. 15 grand a week, a lot of people would, would uh, choose the money over I, that, even if I they have good hearts. I right, man. Yeah. I had a good mother and father, and they taught me good people and bad people. Period. Yeah. I lived in Passaic, New Jersey, which was an integrated. We played sports together. We swam together. We we hung out together. We sang together. We made music together. Yeah. That that's what it that was, was all about. That was the way you were brought up. So that's all you know. Yeah. So now, two months later, I get a call from the same dude. You can bring the entire group. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Now the money went up. Yeah. I jacked him up. <laughs> I made him pay for that. Of course. Okay. Now he can't leave. So it went yeah. from fifteen to twenty. Yeah. So we go down south. Now, thank God for me. I was very fortunate, Mikey. I had, like I told you, Willie was from Georgia. Right. Carlton was from Florida. They knew the deal yeah. down there. Yeah. See, we get down to uh, to Maryland, uh-huh. and that's where it started. In Maryland? Started in Maryland, <laughs> yeah. This is 1962, yeah. man. Yeah. I see signs, uh, laboratories, colored only, white only, uh, water fountains, colored, white only. Crazy. And I'm talking, and even Florida was yeah. like that. Oh, well, Florida I expect, Georgia oh, man, I expect, yeah. yeah. Mer- from Maryland all the way down, That's Virginia, ins- you name it, North Carolina, South Carolina. I played the University of Georgia. Now, we... We get hungry, right? Right. After a couple hours. Sure, you want to go get some food? Go, yeah, we going into the finest restaurant in the town. No colors. You can come in, but they can't. Yeah. So imagine what, imagine saying that to somebody's face. You can come in, but the color guys can't. Yeah, but just, they, oh. they, they, they knew it. They grew yeah, up they, are, they, they ended up living in Newark, New Jersey, but their their whole they've dealt younger with life, they had to deal with yeah. that. You know, and that's like how they probably knew going into it. There's a chance we're going to get turned away. No, they knew it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not a chance. Were they, they able to stay in the same hotels as you, or did you have to stay? Here's what happened. Yeah, they said uh, when we went to the white uh, restaurants, you can't say they're so hypocritical because who's cooking back there, a brother or a sister? Yeah, oh, from, excuse from me, hood. my Alexa is going. Go. Alexa, stop. I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So, you go, all right. Go so, we go to a, a restaurant. You can't come in here. So, I said, you know what? Let's go to Soulville. Yeah. And that's what we did. So, went to the other side of the tracks. They treated us royally, man. It it couldn't have been better. Am I messing up? T- I don't know who's talking. <laughs> what is? Uh, I was talking. Oh, it's this thing. Okay, here we go. Let me get rid of this. So, so when you go to. In the opposite, when you now, okay, we're going to go to the soul place, and they roll in there with you. They didn't care over there. You were fine, right? Care. They yeah. were honored. Yeah. They treated us like royalty. Now we go to a hotel. You can't come in there. Yeah, you can. You three can. But you you, you boys, call them boys yeah. back then. You can't. I said, what? I said, let's go. Yeah. We left. Went, went to a little hotel on the other side of the tracks, and we had... Greatest experience of my life. Like Green Book, you know, one of the yeah, Academy Awards. Let me explain to everybody. So people who haven't seen Green Book, which we talked to uh, Tony Lips on yesterday on the show, um, 
the Green Book was a book where if you were traveling through the United States, it would tell you what uh, businesses were black friendly so that you knew what hotels to stay at, what tailors. Uh, uh, a worker on this radio station sent me a page yesterday from uh, one of the books that How he has, cool. a Green Book. It was very cool. It was Tampa, and it was it told told you what garages you can go to, what hotels wow. you can stay in, what uh, restaurants you could eat at, what tailors you can go to. There's an interesting scene in in uh, Green Book where uh, the uh, Doctor Shirley, who is the musician, goes to buy a suit, and they won't let him try on the suit. They said your option is wow. you could buy it and then bring it back here and we'll tailor it, but you can't even try on the suit. How Incredible. disgusting is that? But you have to dig this. I had my own built-in Green Book. Yeah, I, yeah I you just a, went with them. I yeah. didn't need a Green Book. <laughs> I knew where to go. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's that's the first step. When more people like you start treating them that way, start treating them, I mean, I'm talking about the restaurant owners and the business owners, that's when they know that they're going to have to be forced money, to make the change. Yeah. Exactly right, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, these are incredible. The, there's so many stories. We're, we're going to get a couple more. Peppermint Twist Chronicles, available now. You can get it at joeyd.com. It's joeydee.com. Uh, and you can meet Joey this Saturday at the Clearwater Record Store on Hercules and Clearwater from 2 to 5 and get an autographed copy of the book. He'll be out there. Uh, um, uh, the Beatles. When do the Beatles come into your life? Okay, 1963, I'm doing a tour of 10 countries in Europe. Right. So I get to the Saar Club in Hamburg, Germany, which is the biggest club. Fats Domino, Little Richard, all the English acts before they became famous. Right. And uh, Everly Brothers, Joey Dean, the Starlighters. Uh, I'm hearing, there's this great English band called the Beatles. Uh-huh. I said, Cool, you know, but I never got to be there because uh, I worked there three different times. I worked there three three months in in Europe, um, January, February, March of '63, and then September, October, November of '63. Right. That's how great we went over. Yeah, we, we were smash hit. So we we played there again. Now I'm doing a gig in Stockholm, Sweden, at the King's Tennis Hall, and I look at the marquee and there's this dude. Uh, Swedish singer, uh, Jerry somebody, and a girl singer, and the Beatles, right, in under the, my name. Thing, yeah. And Joey D, Joey D like this, you uh-huh. know, five feet wide. The little and, Beatles. And the Beatles. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you should save <laughs> that. That would be great. And I got a picture of that somewhere. But anyway, uh, they came out and tore the house down. Yeah. And all they had at the time, Mikey, was Please Please Me. Oh, really? That was the only yeah. hit. They were doing Little Richard. They loved all that music. They yeah, loved they all loved the American R&B stuff. stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, um, but they were such a hit yeah. with our stuff and their big hit. And I, But I outnumbered them because I had Shout, Peppermint Twist, and What Kind of Love Is This? So right. I was Are they cool. excited to meet you? And they they yeah. were very impressed to meet me. And I was very impressed to meet them. I, I couldn't believe the response they got from the audience. The people, yeah. It was just magical. And very few people could do what they did. I, I'd put them in the class with Frank Sinatra and Presley. Yeah. Okay, oh, back sure. then. Back then. Yeah. Uh, so what? now we, we do the gig, and I said, I'm going to throw a party for you guys. So that night at the Hotel Foresta, where we were staying in Stockholm, we threw a party, and we got blasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We got. I never did drugs in my life, right. but I drank enough to float a battleship. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we get the to to the, to the you know we're, we're starting to slur our words and everything from drinking so yeah. much. 
And uh, George comes over and says, you know, we're coming to the States in a couple of months. I said, really? I said, well, you know, I'm at the Peppermint Lounge. He said, Joey, being that you paid us homage and you were so nice to us, we come to the States. We're going to come and see you in the Peppermint Lounge. Wow. And I'll be damned if all four of them didn't show up. Did they really? They sure did. Wow. Now we got the pictures to prove it. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of pictures of them in there hanging out. No dancing. kidding. Yeah, it's in the book. They must have loved that. I mean, they loved American stuff. Oh, they, yeah, they, they loved it all. That, yeah. And they had a great sense of humor. You'd like them. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Real I mean, down, down-to-earth dudes. And they blue-collar families like we were. Right, right. They just got They love yeah. my Jersey, in-your-face stuff. Right. New York stuff, right? And I... I love their dry sense of humor. Do you ever run into them over the years, Paul and those I, guys? I ran, I ran into uh, Ringo because he comes to Ruth Eckert Hall. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. All the time, and he brings all the different The all-star dudes. band, yeah. Paul I haven't seen since back then. Uh, and Ringo, Ringo, remember? I mean, you got to yeah. imagine those guys have been through so many things. Oh, hell like yeah. yeah. But yeah. They, they didn't forget their, their roots. Man. No, 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 yeah. All right, let me ask you a couple of hard questions here. Go. So now you're uh, you're married for a long time. You clearly have some uh, sexual exploits in the in this in your lifetime. I you're was a rock and roll. You're star, a rock and roll man. star. I mean, most I would think that most rock and roll wives know what they're getting into, or or you know, turn their willing to turn their head. But now you got to put all this stuff in a book, and you're very close with your family. You got your son sitting here next to you. You got your grandchildren. Yeah. Are you worried about writing about that stuff, or you or you got to look? Their rock and roll is too. I was they concerned know about it. Yeah, but he, here's what happened. I was married to my first wife for seven years, and then she finally had enough of it. <laughs> Because I never found my way home. Yeah. And I had two little boys. Yeah, and she and was like... I, I was not a nice person. Yeah. And it took me 11 years to write this book. Uh-huh. This Peppermint Twist Chronicle. 11 years, man. And I said... Uh, so I remarried. I married Ronnie's mom, right. Lois. Great singer-entertainer, Lois Lee. A lot of people know her. Biggest name. Unknown. Famous person sure. in show business. And... Uh, we were married over 30 years. Right. And Joan remarried, my, my first wife. And her husband passed. My wife passed in uh, 03. Right. And our our son that Joan and I had together, uh, we had the two boys, Joey and Nikki, was having a party. I was up in Jersey at the time because I was living in Florida. Uh-huh. And what happened was, why don't you go to the party? I said, is Joan going to be there? See, yeah, my mother's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going just for the hell of it. So I went there, and we started talking, Joan and I, and, and I said, um, would you like to have dinner? She said, are you effing crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, I'm serious. Let's just go out and have a dinner, man. You know, we got the kids, and it's, it's all cool. Right. So now I... T- so we ended up getting remarried in '07 in Vegas. Now, I'm I, had, right. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did so not. So I'm married three times to two girls. To two girls. I did not know <laughs> right, that you were which remarried. Is really cool. Awkward. Now, <laughs> getting back to your point, which is a very valid point, Mike. Yeah. When you say how, because there's some very things I'm not proud of that R- are in the book. Right. The way I treated Joni. Yeah. And the way I treated Lois. I was a dog. Yeah. I was a real dog. Okay. So uh, I said, Joni, I'm writing this book, and you know about it, and there's going to be some hurtful things in here, and people yeah, might come up to you, and, and it could be very embarrassing. Yeah. And she said, you know what, honey? Be honest. 
make it real. Yeah. And I did. I that's put it all in there, and I'll tell you what, man. You're not necessarily celebrating it, but it's the truth. It's what happened. It's what your life was, what exactly. got you here. Yeah. You know, and here's another, a little aside for you that's in the book. How'd you like to double date with Lenny Bruce? Oh, wow. Can you imagine yeah. what that was like? But you were really in the center of it all. Everybody. Listen, listen anybody who was anybody came to the Peppermint Lounge while I was there from 61 to 62, man. How do you end up in a toga party at Salvador Dali's? I'm doing a gig. I get a, a note sent up to me on stage. Uh, Mr. Dali would like to have you come to his party after. And the gig, you know... Four four a.m.s when the oh yeah when, when it the, starts when the club closed yeah yeah and that's when the party started right. so we go to we go to his apartment David Brigatti from the Rascals and, and I we get in the in the car and we drive over to the east side park in the street back then yeah. five o'clock in the morning uh -huh. nobody cares um, we go in first floor apartment huge we get we get to a little alcove before that preceded the the main room and. Uh, they hand us togas, and take, you got to take your clothes off. And we were cool, you know, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. What the hell, man? Yeah. We saw some beautiful babes in there. I said, oh, this, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walk in. There's no furniture in the place. Just a big empty. They got a big parachute on the floor. <laughs> this Salvatore Dolly, yeah. St. Pete, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, what a nut. Okay. We're in Dolly country. Yeah. So what happens? So we got togas on. I, I felt like Brutus or Caesar. Right. Or and I'm sitting and we're sitting in, some, in a full circle and having some drinks and everything was cool. And then they bring out the pot. Uh-huh. And I wasn't into that. Yeah, you didn't do the and pot. And Dave didn't do that. And I, and I didn't want to be around it. So I said, Dave time to go uh, so we got up and split but uh that's a good experience it was a hell of a hell of a good and he was a funny guy and cheap man yeah he never picked up a, a check at the peppermint he, he always had these flunkies around that paid the bill right, right, but right. He, he was tight as a clams you know what yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh the book is called the peppermint twist chronicles it's about uh joey d's life Peppermint Twist was a huge song. Uh, there are so many things in this book. There's stories about the Beatles. There's a lot more. There's a whole chapter titled Sex with Hendrix. Uh, the mob is involved. The record company stole uh, publishing rights. There is really some of the best uh, music stories. If you know you're... what's good about it? It's not just about rock and roll. No. It's, it's, a... it's the history, that timeline. Yeah. The early 60s, what was going on, Vietnam and all the other stuff. Uh, the pill was invented. Uh, so now chicks were asking you for a date. Right, right. I said, wow, uh, <laughs> where did this come from? How cool is this, man? Yeah. Uh, we, who, did we, uh, who did we talk to, Gio? I had somebody on the phone, on the phone that said uh, that they were, they were, par oh, it was, uh, who was that time? They were partying at the, in Miami at a hotel with, uh, it was an old musician. And they were running with Frankie, Frankie Valley and, uh, oh, Jesus. I don't know. Uh, who the hell was, was it? Paul Anka? Yes, it was Paul Anka. Sorry, it was Paul okay, Anka. Okay, cool. Paul Anka said he would he was uh he would hang with Sinatra and those guys, but he was much younger so that they would he'd be down in a hotel and he'd they would get the call and say, Hey, uh, we're me and Dean are going over here and they'd bring Paul Anka into the mix and I thought, What a what a life. Just to it's not even a mental uh, level of success, it's what you did 
and the stories that you have to tell, and you have enough stuff to put in a book that other people are interested in reading. Wow. That's a that's a you to can't... be in Salvador Dali smoking pot, or well, other people are smoking pot. Right. Then, that's a, that's just a great. You must be really Lenny, happy. Let's get back to Lenny Bruce yeah. for one minute. Yeah, yeah. So we became real good friends, Lenny, Lenny and I. And I thought he was one of the funniest guys in the world, man. The stuff he did now that they considered risque and yeah. all be. Nothing. He was just using curse words. Yeah. Just using curse exactly. words. Not even talking about, like, Dice. Andrew Dice Clay would get up there and talk about having incest and stuff to shock people. But right. he was just using the F word and other stuff. Exactly. And he'd get arrested for it. Got arrested, man. Yeah. And, and I felt so bad for him. So uh, he tells me, Joey, I got a problem. I said, what's your problem, man? He says, my mother's in, living in Vegas, and she's going out with a bartender. Uh-huh. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go out to Vegas and take my mother away from <laughs> In other words, he wanted to be a you-know-what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was sheep-walking his own mom. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I don't think I ever told you this. Oh, I read it in the book, though. Oh, my kids, okay. But, I mean. Was said, anything difficult for you to read in the book? 100%. Uh, I mean, I've heard. The fun stories and the super righteous uh, pre-civil rights stories right. were part of how I you heard all up. the good stuff. Yeah, and the, the morals that I live by are, you know, what Dad had set on the road. Right. And having experienced it firsthand. But there's a lot of the sexual escapades, a lot of the mob stuff. A is, lot it, of the, is the sex stuff, does it bother you? Because it's Ronnie D, by the way, uh, Joey's son. Does it bother you because... Your mom uh, was around, or uh, because nobody really wants to think about their parents having sex in any capacity. Exactly yeah. that. This is not a visual that I needed. I mean, right. I know my dad did rock star stuff with Playboy bunnies. But and... you don't want to know that Jimi Hendrix is at the other end of one. Yes, of the I didn't yeah. need to really <laughs> yeah. read the. Kind of cool but... though that yeah. you think about it. You know, I mean, it's kind of uh, you know, it could be a very very serious Reddit subreddit. Right, thread right. Going on <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's brave to put it all down uh, in in a book, and it makes for a very good read. It is the Peppermint Twist Chronicles. It's available now. You can go to joeyd.com, J-O-E-Y-D-E-E.com, and uh, we didn't even get to half of the things that are in this book. You can also meet Joey Saturday at the Clearwater Record Shop, which is out on Hercules from 2 to 5, and get an autographed copy of the book. I hope people check it out. I really do. And uh, I know that it's a pain in the ass to get up early and come out, and you are here in a beautiful suit. You look fantastic, so I can't tell you how much I appreciate Mikey, you coming back by. back in 1962, I was one of the ten top dress, dress? best dressed men in the country. Well, it still stands. John Kennedy, <laughs> Dick uh-huh. Clark. And Joey D? One of them. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good company, man. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming in. I hope uh, people check out this book. I really do. You've led a fantastic life, and you still got plenty, plenty of time to go. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. We will take a break, and then Burt Kreischer joins us at the top of the hour. It's a Mike Calton Show. This is 1025 The Bone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.